Hi, I'm Joe Shelton. I'm a singer, songwriter, and music producer, as well as a software engineer, and most of all, a father with a daughter who recently moved to Scotland. And I'm Bailey, a magazine editor, graphic designer, and illustrator. This podcast is our weekly catch-up. We wanted to share it with you and let you be a part of our family rabble. Got it. Hello. Hello. So are you in a chipper mood today? Is that what I'm feeling? Um, <laughs> is that because I came into the call singing? Yeah. I mean, before I got the record button pushed, we didn't get to catch the beautiful sounds of Bailey Shelton singing. I could repeat it if you want. Sure. Go for it. Let's hear it. Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. Everybody get together and try to love one another right now. That was that, pretty damn good. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. It's the, it's the mic. It's this uh, this uh, Behringer. Are you advertising XM. for the mic people now? Well. <laughs> 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 well, I'm using a, a sure mic. I think sure SM7V. We're competitors, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Definitely competitors. Um, um, mine's a little higher end, but, you know, whatevs. No, I think I'm just more awake today, you know? Yeah. It's a late afternoon shower. I did the dishes earlier. <laughs> you actually did dishes? Wow. You no, know, you, I usually do dishes. Here's the thing. I don't know if you do this, <laughs> um, but every now and again, it's like you've gone maybe two three weeks without doing a deep deep clean and you're like oh everything needs washed the counters need washed the floors need swept i have three loads of laundry to do like it was one of those mornings yeah i we we have the i mean i you yeah you guys have three dogs you have that every week yeah no i mean we had two children um well yes and <laughs> It's a kind of a fun thing with like, I have a few friends who have small children now mm -hmm. and uh, the way that they always say is like, um, especially my friend Adrian, it was like, she's a very um, neat, tidy and like, I don't want to call her type A, but she is, she likes things done properly and well. Right. So like mm -hmm. her kids have a fascination with helping mom clean, um, which I use air quotes and I meant them. Uh, because the thing about when children help you clean is like it's not actually gonna clean what you need like they're not actually helping they're more like learning a soft skill under the guise of helping well aware yeah it's like yeah their hand-eye <laughs> coordination is not the greatest but not, they've not offered that, themselves but... up to this lesson so yeah i mean they're also largely oblivious to the amount of stuff that they've left behind even when they're cleaning yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, not to say that you would have done. <laughs> I think the weird part about getting older is like, I know for a fact that I've always shed a lot of hair, but uh, I'm just thinking about how fucking gross it must have been to like look at the corners of my bedroom when I was a kid. Because I can't remember, I don't think I vacuumed more than once a year. Well, you have to remember that. Um... There were other adults living in your home that might have done that for you. You're a good person for that. <laughs> oh, I wasn't saying me. 
was like, but, I was like, I don't think you did. We'll, we'll, we'll give State we'll Street give, House. We'll give, we'll give Sarah plenty of um, cred for cleaning things. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Sarah. You're the reason I wasn't sick as often as I could have been. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, um, the uh, uh, we, we'll give her 110% of the credit for, <laughs> for some of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, as far as like, Cleanest person in the house awards, I would say Sarah 100% wins Sarah that. Sarah wins by a by, a, by a country mile. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She, uh, she, you know, it's Easter. So uh, today, happy Easter. Happy Easter. Um, sorry. I've hidden 20 do. eggs in the background of my Zoom screen. Good luck finding them. <laughs> I, uh, I have not hidden any eggs because I quit hiding eggs a really long time ago, but. Um, I, uh, you know, and, and we couldn't give you an Easter basket, Bailey, cause you weren't here. I'm sorry. Um, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, but the house is spotless because, um, you know, uh, grandma Diane is here and mm -hmm. uh, granny Shelton is coming later. And, Ooh. Okay. That'll be fun. And AJ is going to get, you know, of course he's coming because there's going to be prime rib. Um, for I understand. Yeah, one hundred percent. My boyfriend does not believe me that uh, U.S. has better beef. Oh, but um, we'll have to we'll have to teach him that when he comes. I know. I was he. I was like, I don't think I trust. If I, I've never been at a restaurant, even one that's charging me a lot for a burger, has not asked me how it, how I want it cooked. Um which means that it should be well done, right? Like, you know, they don't ask that question if there's like a potential that it could kill you. Um, so none of so, the, all, all the burgers are, are, are well done in, in Britain. I might like that. Yeah. Well, I know. Cause I they've never don't, asked I don't, you. Like with a hamburger, I want to, I don't want any pink in it, but with uh, you know, steaks I would, but yeah. Um, so uh, I, I have yet to have a steak where I'm like, this lives up to even a shitty steak in the U.S. <laughs> really? Like, I season a steak well. It's good. I like having steak, but, like, it's still, it's just not. And maybe I'd need to drop, like, 25 pound on, like, a really good steak. Like, maybe I just need I, to go I, to a I, fucking I'd like to drop 25 house. pounds today. That'd be good. Maybe 25 tomorrow. Yeah, imagine... Imagine eating a steak and losing pounds. 25 pounds. <laughs> I mean, actually, steaks do help you to lose weight. As long you as you order it, they take 25 pounds off of you. That would be And beautiful. they give you a I'd, steak. I order steak all the time. I'd order the steak for a week or two, for sure. This is the, this joke is only for <laughs> like, like the transcontinental US, UK. For the, for the people who don't understand <laughs> that pounds are, are money. In, in the yeah. yeah yeah I feel like people it, in the it UK was a, are it like, was a subtle sarcasm that, that I brought to the conversation yeah no I mean I was I was laughing at my own joke <laughs> you so. picked it up really quick obviously yeah but um I'm sure that people in the, in the UK said, would be like what <laughs> I mean they know they just don't think it's funny they're they like yeah I mean funny. it's the same word good for you it's funny you're you're so smart if they think about it for for ten seconds it, it is it is funny. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just confusing to call your money a weight measurement, but whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> especially since they use that as a weight measurement. Uh, exactly. 
Right. Yeah, that and Stone, but I don't really. And I that once Stone asked. Thing, that's always. I think I was at the doctor's office, and they were like, "How much do you weigh?" And I was like, "I haven't weighed myself in a while, and I don't know what it is in Stone." Um, and she was like, <laughs> "Okay, how much do you weigh?" And I said it, and then she was like, "Yeah, I don't know how much it is in Stone either. I'm not really sure what the conversion is." Google probably provides such a thing. And I was like, I think that the only time I've ever thought about that is, uh, have you ever seen the TV show Mad Fat Diary? No. Okay. It's good. It's it's like British television um, from the early 2000s. And it's about this girl who has some like mental health issues and she's in uh, like high school age, basically. Um, and she has just gotten out of like a psych ward and part of it is like like her being fat is like a pretty major plot point like to her like lack of self-worth and the way she perceives her friends and like all of this is like a major like part of the script and in maybe the first or second episode she was talking about how big she is she was like i'm like 13 stone and i'm six foot and I Googled it and I was like, bitch, you weigh less than me. <laughs> I was like, I don't think we get to talk about that. <laughs> like, 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 I don't know that that really is like what fat is necessarily. You know, for me, what I liked about the idea, because I just looked up how many, how many pounds are in a stone. There's 14 pounds in a stone. Yeah. And I'm like, geez, man, that makes you sound a lot lighter than you are. If you yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I think that's why they do it you know gee jeepers i mean if you mm -hmm. uh go into this conversion here and let's see you weigh 200 pounds that's only 14.28 stone yeah so, like i mean it'd really be cool to say you weigh 14 right mm -hmm. i mean if if you were as light as 200 which you know that um ha. i was in sixth grade LOL. when i weighed 200 the last time so yeah <laughs> so 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 this one, like, if you can imagine in this script, they're talking about, it was like, I Googled it and they, she was like, maybe like 200 pounds, like a little less than 200 pounds. And I was like, okay, we need to rewire what fat is at six foot. Okay. Cause that's, that's not fat. I'm like, you're six feet tall and you weigh 200 pounds. I was like, girl, you're skinny. Like 16. Uh, well, you said she weighed 13 stones. So that's less because 14 is. Well, let me, let me, it's been a while since I've watched it, but yeah. so it'd be like 185 or something. Yeah. And 185 pound person, someone who's is six it, foot tall and 185 is not really that big. Is underweight. <laughs> so now the thing is like, you know, TV people, they all weigh way less than they should. 16 oh, yeah. stone okay sure. she's 16 stone so she's 233 pounds okay. but still okay like, you know the 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 thing is like tv chicks weigh like 130 pounds like a lot yeah. of them, or less they, they probably think that's really heavy um yeah like like the script writer has no concept of what like 233 these are the people uh, that I, stalk a celery all day that's it it's like it's like one of those things where it's like you look at the actress who played her. Um, I'm trying to remember that girl's name. I have it pulled up. I should just IMDb it. Sharon Rooney. And Sharon Rooney is not like she's like 
she's not that big. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm like, I went to school with girls who were twice her size, you know? So, um, yeah, well, we're just bigger here anyway. Like, well, when- that's, that is true. So like, basically I was like, I think that they just cast like a person who appears large next to the average actor and that, that it was take easy. Much. Right? That was easy, like, to, that was easy like, to come up with. Yeah. Yeah. It was like uh, you were watching the show and the entire cast other than her is like half her size. But then you start thinking about it and you're like, okay, I know how big she is because it's around me. Like like around oh. how much I am is what she's shaped like, which means that all the people around her are just really fucking small. Like so if we- she had a few friends who were on the basketball team, like she wouldn't feel this way. Well, you know, to see a real size difference in someone like uh, if you take a look at uh, a movie like Trace Adkins has been in several movies, mm-hmm. right? the country music singer. Yeah. And that dude is huge, right? He's like six, yeah. eight or something. And he's like, mm-hmm. he's six, eight and muscular. So he probably weighs 300 pounds, not because he's not just like a massive rock of, uh, you know, muscle, but also dude is like really tall right and they'll put him in a movie sometimes and you're like holy crap look how big that guy. i mean he looks even bigger <laughs> you know he'll <laughs> be like standing next to an actress who's like five four and you're like good lord <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. looking up so the 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 size difference i'm thinking of actually relates to us because dean is like the the character who play, like the guy who plays Dean in Gilmore Girls is uh-huh. exactly like that too. It's like he is Jared Padalecki. That's his fucking name. Yeah, Hold Jared on. Padalecki. Yeah. So Jared Padalecki is six four. Right. And muscular, and right? Rory is not tall. <laughs> no. Like. Rory, I hold on. Let me see how tall Rory is. Um oh, it's probably in the related actors. Hello. People also searched for. Yeah. Okay. So for reference, Milo Ventimiglia, who plays. What's his name? Jess. Um, He is. Why is it giving it to me in meters? Alexis Bledel is five foot seven. Yeah. So there was. Give it to me in so feet. She's, she's actually fairly, you know, like a, a little over average female height, right? Yeah. Whereas uh, Lauren Graham, I think, is a pretty tall woman. Yeah. So yeah, it's like she's five nine. So. Yeah. She's a she's a really tall actress. Like whenever I see her in a, in a movie, she's always like one of the taller folks. Yeah. So like or, or, in, or in a, a TV show, not just the Gilmore girls, but she's been in other things. So, so like, you know, when, when Dean and Jess were on that show together, the script writers were like, you, you know, working in things like, Oh, he's like a mammoth. He's giant. He's like a moose. And you're like, he's like six, four, like he's tall. Yeah. It was like Milo Ventimiglia is really short. Like he's like five, seven, five, eight, but yeah, is he still? I mean, because he was a lot younger then. I don't know how. I tall think he is now. I don't know how tall he was during the show. I, I think he was shorter than Rory in in, in like a few of those episodes. But yeah, he was five, only he's five nine, so he's not a tall guy. But he's also he you know yeah. he's he's a little taller than he was then. I mean, he was I mean, he was like twenty one in the show. Was he? Yeah, because yeah, he was, he was really young. I know that. 
Well, because there were a few high school, I think it was like this episode, like the second episode after Jess was introduced, it was like the era of skin tight, like athletic, like he's basically wearing under armor right now. Like, like he was wearing, wearing a skin tight athletic tee to high school and you can see his pecs and his abs through the shirt. And I'm like, okay, this kid's supposed to be 16 and quote unquote, doesn't work out. Like. No, like, I was like, what is going on? I was like, oh, he's like 21 in this. Like, I just like, I fell across something interesting here. Like, uh, apparently they, uh, they dated in real life. Um, oh, Milo and Alexis Bladell from like, uh, and, and they broke, they, but they dated for like four years and broke up in 2006. Wow. They actually dated like. Seriously, yeah, that's like a long time. Yeah, I want to know the timeline of that with what was happening in the series. Well, uh, they they, it went through season six, so that's what it says here. And we're doing season four right now, right? So yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it was actually so they were dating. Yeah. Like when, when he came back in this, we're in season four right now. Yeah. And they dated for like four years. Yeah. So they started dating like at the tail end of Jess's plot line. And then, well, I mean, two years, uh, the first two, it was, they would have started dating in season two. Yeah. Through season two through season six. So, yeah. 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 Wow. Didn't know that. Maybe part of the reason that the scriptwriters did that was they were like, it kind of looks like Alexa and Milo are getting along. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so you think they, they changed the script ideas because of it? No, I don't think that because from the second Jess was introduced as a character, it was clear that he was supposed to be like the the foil, the foil to the D, villain. But yeah, the villain that we end up loving. Yes. Well, I mean, honestly, I never hated him. <laughs> well, but I, that's because uh, it, that's what annoys me about the earlier seasons of Gilmore Girls. It's when Jess is introduced and the entire town decides to hate him. Like, I, you know, the thing is, I, I, um, I guess I, I have a different, different perspective being like a father. Like okay. you see the, the, the kid that comes in that's like that and you have, but you know, um, perfect Rory and he comes in and starts changing the way that she behaves and things. And also he was, to be honest, he wasn't being nice to anyone, <laughs> you know, like the things he was saying to Lorelai were way out of line, you know? Yes. I, but here's the thing is like, so. I, I agree. I agree with Lorelai's opinion of him. I don't agree with like yeah. Miss Patty hating him. I think that's a little silly. Well, but the thing is, we don't get to see everything that happens. You don't know what yeah. he said to Miss Patty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, if he talked to her anything like he talked to Lorelai, then of course she doesn't like him. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it's likely that something like that happened because you know how Miss Patty is. She talks to everyone, right? Well, so see, we here's the thing. We didn't get to see that scene. We didn't get to see no, the no. moment where he insulted Miss Patty. No, here's the thing, though, because Miss Patty wasn't outwardly 
condescending. It wouldn't be outwardly condescending to him either. Like no, she, I, like I, I, I wasn't at first. She was trying to be. She was. Um, she hundred percent was. She was like, "Listen, I know it's hard moving to a new place." And well, he's that's like, he like popped out onto the back porch and stole her beer. I mean, how else are you going to react to <laughs> as an adult? Mm -hmm. You know, like you, you didn't you didn't just come here the first time you've ever met me as a minor and reach in and grab my beer and try to sneak mm -hmm. out the back door with it. Right. You didn't just try to do that. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> believe me, she was really nice. I would not have been. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> like <laughs> that, there, there wouldn't have been any niceness there. I mean, you're putting me in like criminal jeopardy and I don't even know you, you know, yeah. and you're a visitor in my house and you just like helped yourself to a beer. You know, I mean, honestly, I think the problem from the get go was not immediately turning around to Luke and going, hey, Luke, he just grabbed a beer out of my fridge and tried to dip out the back door. Well, see, this is the thing that would have happened with me, right? It would have been like, okay, um, no, let's go in and talk to Luke right now. Like, mm -hmm. that would have been the, the right. Yeah. I was like, uh, like the the reason Lorelai doesn't like him is because Lorelai tried to handle it herself, which is not her place to do. Like, she should have handed that off to Luke. Well, but the I problem mean, with that is that Lorelai didn't really ever respect Luke as a parent, parental figure to that kid. So, until it was already, like, way down the line. Well, yes. But... I think part of that is why she didn't end up with Luke sooner because she yep. didn't, she didn't understand how he was the, yeah. the, 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 the person, a lot more of a person than she thought he could be more three dimensional. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I did watch one episode of Gilmore girls this week and we can talk about that at the end of the program. Um, <laughs> you rocked a one episode this week i got through one so that this week was really busy though and we haven't even talked about like what's going on in scotland so what's going on in scotland this week bailey a whole lot of nothing man i didn't do anything this week i traveled a lot last month i just didn't i don't know i didn't really feel like doing much i started doing a sewing group so i like patched a pair of pants this week um a sewing group yeah, so um, buying and procuring all of the items involved with sewing uh, takes a lot of money, and I don't have that. So there's, like, a place that does, like, an open textile studio on Monday nights, and okay. I have, like, a lot of clothing items that have worn out and just need fixed. So I went there, and I fixed one of the pairs of pants that I had to fix it's like a pair of trousers which are with a rip in the leg, um, which is what happens to all of my pants eventually. But these were expensive pants. Like I bought them last February and so they cost over $100. So I felt they should last me more than a year. Uh, hmm. I so I went and repaired them. And then while I was repairing them, I shortened them into shorts. So they'll probably last for the rest of my life because I only wear shorts maybe two weeks out of the year. Especially in Scotland. Well, uh, ever, because... It's got to be hot. Well, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it has to be literally too hot to have anything on my legs. Yeah. 
before I will deign to wear shorts. I don't, they don't look good ever, I think. In fact, these shorts in particular are green trousers. So I shortened them and I tried them on and I was like, look like a scout leader. I'm going to have to pair this with like a cool t-shirt and a jacket every time. I think you should like always go for the really long baggy shorts. Like you're like in a nineties, um, uh, punk group. I would love to do that, but the thing is, um, long baggy shorts that fit me make me look like a uh, lesbian. <laughs> I see. I, I didn't know that there was a specific look for lesbian. No, no, there is not. Um, but when skinny people wear baggy clothing, it like looks different from when I do it. I see. I have like I'll wide enough it. hips that it it like makes me look. Like Megan McCarthy in um, Bridesmaids. That's the, the vibe Melissa it gives McCarthy? off. It looks like a yeah, Melissa McCar McCarthy. I said I Megan McCarthy. That's a different person. I don't know who that is. Melissa um, McCarthy in in Bridesmaids. You know where she's like. Yes, I know her now. I know Melissa McCarthy. That's super. Yeah, where she's got the like slicked back ponytail, and she looks like she's about to like eat you like a bulldog. That's um, actually the first time I ever saw Melissa McCarthy in anything. Like, I didn't know that she was, like, an actress, because I never watched Gilmore Girls when it was on TV. I thought uh, you liked Mike and Molly before that came out. Um, I didn't watch Mike and Molly until after I saw Bridesmaids. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I, I watched Bridesmaids in the theater. Because, I went because it was um, done by Judd, Judd Apatow. And I love oh, okay. yeah. all of his movies are funny, right? And so, um, no, she was the funniest person in that movie by like a lot like yeah <laughs> and um i was like man i just want to see anything else she's been in you know yeah. and uh and so i went and watched uh um uh, then i that mike and molly had just started around the time that that movie came out so i started watching that series because she was in it yeah so she uh, she's very very funny i didn't i agree i think i i love her from the perspective of like i really like how she is a very flexible comedic actress right like i would say my least favorite performance from bridesmaids was uh what's her fucking name rebel wilson uh-huh because i kind of hate her in everything she does rebel wilson <laughs> yeah and i was trying to put my finger on it i was like i think it's like it's like she's making fun of how she looks like, like it's like she's making fun of herself she's like poking poking fun of her at herself but it's in a weirdly cruel way like she's making fun of people who look like her and i was like oh it's weird how that kind of feels like that and then i like listened to an interview with her after she lost all that weight and she was like well yeah i mean i put on a lot of that weight just to get an edge ahead in my career. It's like, what? And then I like looked back at older interviews and she literally like forced it forced herself to gain weight so that she could play more comedic female roles. Uh, I mean, I find that just sad. Yes. Like, I was like, I, that I, is I literally I like, I don't, I don't, sad. I don't, I don't feel like um, any way differently toward her as an actress because of it. I just feel like, it's um it's just sad that you know that that's the way you felt like like i mean i feel it's sad that actors uh, that actresses especially 
have to like do one or the other, right? <laughs> they can't just yeah. be. It's like you can't be a middle. You have to right. either play the yeah, thin it's like, or the... you know, because you could be really good at acting and not necessarily have the greatest body shape. I mean, honestly, um, you know, ha you know, have whatever body shape it is. You just have to be appropriate for whatever role it is. You know, yeah. I mean. You, you know, sometimes you're playing a skinny person and you, a fat person can't play the skinny person. I mean, it just is, mm -hmm. that's the way it is, you know, um, or you're, you know, uh, now on the opposite, I also don't like it when people put on body suits and stuff and become big to, to yeah. play a role. Cause I feel like there's probably an actor that's really big, that's really good and could have done that role. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and unless of course it's like, you know, I understand where there's things where like things are, uh, it's like a, a lifelong story and there's some kind of transformation, right. Or a yeah. change in them. Like the, when they're younger, they're small. And when they're older, they're big and, you know, craggly and you have the same actor play them so that they look alike. Right. Yeah. So, you know, or that, like that, the that opposite, like, Oh, they that lost a lot of me. weight or blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't bother me when they have like, you know, one of those, like, you know, a lot of the time, uh, in, in like a movie, the, the guy will, the, he'll literally be like 25 and he's playing this younger character, but they're showing him as an older person mm -hmm. and they like docked him up and, you know, made him chubby and, you know, okay, that makes sense. Right. That's, that's fine. Like, cause he can't, he can't literally be filmed being 25 years older or 50 yeah, years old. He's not going to be a middle-aged person <laughs> okay. for this. So, right. And, and using a different actor sometimes can just take you out of it as well. Right. Like, yeah, like it depends on the age difference. I think like if it's only if they're like 25 now and the scene is supposed to be in like 20 years or 10 years, it's like, yeah, they're not going to drastically change in appearance between 25 and 40. Yeah. Well, I, I like uh, sometimes I see a, uh, a thing where they flash back to the teenage version of them and the teenage version of them really looks nothing like them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I just kind of like giggle in my mind and go, okay, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. like, <laughs> I'm like, what do you like when you pick the teenage version they need to be like somewhat looking like them like yeah <laughs> they, they can't be you know totally awfully not like them well that's like um so i just recently watched where the crawdads sing oh that movie's so good oh it's so good so good but it's like one of those things where i'm like i don't know where I've seen the little girl before, but I feel like I've seen that little girl somewhere else. Like, I think she was in like haunting of Hill house or something. And I think it was like, Ross said something about like that little kid in haunting of Hill house. I'm going to look it up now. Um, yeah. The mini series cast. I think her name is Violet McGraw. Okay. I've never Let watched that. double check that it's actually her in this. Because that'll be a real change of tone. Oh, uh -oh. it's not her. Okay. Never mind. Um, just to say that the casting for that, like, it definitely didn't take me out of it because it was, like, enough of an age difference and stuff like that. But at the end where she was, like, an old lady and it cut between all three of the actresses in the same spot, like, saying basically the same thing, that was weirdly jarring because it was, like, all three of them did not, like, <laughs> sound like the same person, like, at all. It was, like, when you put them in the exact same position saying the exact same thing, it was, like, very clear that they weren't, like, echoing each other's mannerisms, and that was kind of weird, but... Right. I mean, that's the challenge of that, right? It's not only like 
the the actors themselves have to like act like the the person who's the main one that you're going to see all the time or they just yeah it's just it's just disjointed or something yeah honestly i think that like the your mannerisms and things don't change all that much from being like 12 to being 50 yeah you know I like mean, like the I mean, you're a whole different person but you know yeah. if you were saying the same kind of thing or whatever probably wouldn't be totally shit. i mean <laughs> well like watching videos of me when i was a kid is kind of trippy because it's like i can like see my mannerisms that have not changed since i was like a child bailey the thing is though i mean you're funny now but when you were like five you were the funniest person i've ever seen like <laughs> i think i think you should cultivate more of that <laughs> okay I, maybe you were accidentally funny and like that was the, the but you were funny all the time like you would come in with like the goofiest little statements all the time and just like and then walk off like com as we're laughing you'd walk off like completely serious <laughs> I, I think that i still have that every now and then <laughs> but it's like yeah i mean it, it was like a constant thing it, it was fun um and that's what, what what shows up sometimes on those little videos that we have of you where we filmed you sometimes where you were just, you know, we would get you when you're mm -hmm. in one of those modes and we'd turn the camera on. <laughs> that's why there's a lot that's of that. Actually, honestly, I think that, that that is kind of how it is. Like, it's been a long time since you've been around me, like, every single day in, like, a normal non-pandemic setting i think that the the pandemic was really the last time i was like at your place every day and i think all of us were not in a great spot <laughs> i wasn't yeah. really funny in like, 2020 uh, there, there was uh, nothing funny about 2020 there was, not, there, was there was very little humor in 2020 <laughs> i feel like 2020 was about as funny as you know a stab in the eye with a sharp stick you know? Yeah. But as far as that goes, like, I don't think that we've really spent a lot of like day to day time together since I was like a child. And whose fault is that, Bailey? You could have come and hung out here as, every day. You could you could right now. Um, I mean, whose fault day. is that? Says the man who got divorced. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. I mean, I'm talking about that, like you moved to Scotland, so I did. Kind of puts a barrier between hanging out every day. That's yeah, all and then saying. you know what? We both have jobs too, so that also puts a barrier on me, like being around all the time. You know, dude, I still had a job even when you. <laughs> I know, had a, I know. Had a job. I am, and I'm thankful for that job because yeah. you know I needed had, to eat. I've had at uh, least one job like for a very long time, like always. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that when you have little kids too, like there's more of an incentive when you come home to like do some quality time type activities, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think um, honestly, I think after uh, after I was divorced, there was a lot more quality time um, because I mean, was, we we watched a lot of fucking movies, but there, there was half there was half of the time like that you would be at your mom's house, so. When you were at the house, then, you know, it was just like, well, we're going to do something because they're going to, you know, I, I would actually, on the days you weren't there, I'd be like, okay, well, we need to do this and that. So we're going to just have a schedule of stuff to do when they arrive. Yeah. Well, um, and honestly, 
it, it was a lot easier with you because you got off of work and were home usually by like three thirty or four. Yeah. Um, but mom usually wasn't like home until like six. Like I don't think we ever. It was like very rare that we would have an outing during the week because she'd get home at like five thirty or six, and then it'd be like, okay, well she's exhausted and so's Joe and like, but. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I I had a different kind of thing too, where like, a lot of the time back then, I would I would work from like ten to midnight or one, because I had uh, offshore people and I was trying to prep for them. So I would leave work at like three, but I would be online later after you guys were in bed, so it didn't matter. Yeah, see, so you didn't tell us that it wasn't like you were like, oh, and by the way, I am uh, working. I'm gonna go back to work from ten to midnight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would happen <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um, or like, and also I would, you know, uh, my schedule was earlier on days when you were going to be there. Cause I would, I would work later on the other days so that I didn't have to when you were there. So I, I just kind of put my, my whole work schedule was planned around when you guys were going to be home. So I didn't know that <laughs> at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I was, I was like, well, they're, like I said, you're only going to be there. Like, you know, certain days. So like you were there Mondays and Tuesdays and Every other yeah, weekend. Yeah, and then so, every other weekend, yeah. Yeah. So I would just schedule out to have, I mean, since I knew that, I put it in my work calendar and I would just schedule things around that mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. Well, I remember when it first started out, I felt like Friday, Saturday, Sundays at the different parent house almost felt like, um, like the weekends felt like more of a like exciting time and then like you just get used to it and into a routine and into a schedule and you're like this is nothing new to me right like and then by the time you get to high school it was like i had after school activities all the time like right and so did aj so well and that would happen when you guys were like in sports and things i would uh you know all that sports schedule stuff would just get put into my work calendar too <laughs> yeah. so i could be there for it so well um, it was like aj like i did theater in high school and yeah. so it was like there was there were maybe like very few weeks of the year where i wasn't staying after school for like two hours at the least right so yeah yeah well and aj was uh swimming so he was gone in the morning and every day yeah um so yeah, I mean, I, I guess that was, uh, but but you know, w the the thing is, uh, seeing you like every hour of every day isn't something that happens to anybody. Like you get older, and then that's what happens. <laughs> right. But what I'm saying is, like, I think that like the people who get those like funnier, in a good mood versions of me have really pared down over time. Like I miss having coworkers who I see every day for that reason. Like, um. Like I think that like my friends get a good portion of that. You, you don't get the you don't you don't get to but, share that 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 pithiness with everybody, Bailey. Yeah, I'm pithy. I sometimes you. It's are. a little known fact, but it's true. The the pithiness is the is the most. Uh, that's what I said. You just have to cultivate that comedy. Yeah. You know, uh, make sure you just have it all bottled up and ready for our for our family rabble. Yeah. Y'all are gonna <laughs> get it when I get it. <laughs> you're not gonna ask for me to be pithy maybe we could just have uh we could hire a camera person to follow you around all the time like you're adam in richmond or something and i like, don't know what this we shit is if you're gonna fund a camera person to stalk me 
They're not going to stalk you. They're going to be filming our podcast and recording you. And then we'll have st- little snippets that we can throw in here of pithy. That sounds creepy. It, it also sounds like way above the budget of this podcast. <laughs> it's like there's a budget. There's a budget <laughs> now. We're not paying budget. either of us. We're going to pay a third party. There is a budget. It's it's zero. That's the yeah. budget we're we're on here. It's a it's a tight budget, but it's working. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think I could. We could kick it up to one dollar. Which of us gets the dollar? I don't know. I mean, um, probably me. <laughs> you do edit it, so that would make yeah. sense. Yeah. I, I mean, air quotes, edit it, right? Like, there's yeah. not a lot of editing happening here. Let's let's be fair. Um, my, my amount of editing is, uh, greatly curtailed on this, on this particular program. For just $1 a day, you, you too can have this edited better. (laughs) So like if you're one of the five listeners out there and you'd like a little more editing in our podcast, send $1, uh, via PayPal to Joe Shelton. So so technically it would be $30 every month. Yeah. For just $1 a day. That, I mean, that's, even, you know, I'd take one dollar an, an episode. That would be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. <laughs> you know, there's PayPal at Joe Shelton. Go for it. Um, My Venmo is at Bales of Shelt. Yeah. So if you're feeling if you're feeling yeah. lucky, go about for it. it. Yeah. Um, so let's see. So you're you know, as we had that little side thing there, we, we were talking about your sewing club. Yeah. Um, and, and so for me, what's been going on is, I mean, the, there's been shows to do. Uh, I played on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had actually um, completely full room for that one. That was good. Um, and uh, we've been recording the new record yesterday. And I visited the theater where we're going to have the National Road Music Series, the Rick's Theater, and because uh, we got the posters in. Mm-hmm. And I hung up the posters. Um, there were several people who were like that were hanging out there at the theater because there was a show getting ready to happen um, for some other kind of variety show or something that was happening last night. Um, Probably something to do with like the local theater troupe. No, it wasn't, local, it wasn't local theater troupe. It was it was a like a variety show. They were going to have like comedy and music and like several things. Um, oh, it's fun. But they um, they saw the posters when they went up, and like a couple of people, wow, that artwork's amazing! Great job. So I wanted to make sure you knew that. Ooh, ooh. One of them wanted your email address because she was looking to have a logo made for her business. So did you it give it. her it? Yes. Okay. So. And then you, is she, if she asked about rates, you you like up to the number a little bit, right? I didn't tell her any rates. <laughs> okay. I just she said, wasn't like, oh, how much did that cost? I said, you'll have to contact. Well, you know, yeah, how much did that cost? I'm like, she's my daughter. I already paid. Yep. <laughs> ah, I get it. So my rate isn't what your rate is. Um, that's, yep. that's just not. That's just that's not. <laughs> TLDR. We yeah. don't have the same rate because. I mean, if you want to pay. You for didn't her, raise her. Like, so. Growing up and, you know, all of her. You didn't give her a Photoshop 2003 when she was nine. Yeah. I mean. Uh, let, let's just uh, let's just, let's just equate things here. Um, so yeah, you, you, it's it's a different it's a different situation. So anyway, but I didn't give her uh, rates. So anyway, that could be coming your way. You know, you never know; those little things can happen. 
Yeah, good for me. Did she say what she, her business that. was? Can't remember. Maybe a food truck or something. Ooh, ooh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> See, if so, you had been like, she said she was an accountant, I would not have gone ooh, ooh, twice. <laughs> no offense to accountants out there. Um, I feel like maybe we're going to have to have a conversation about uh, the story behind your business if you want the logo to be anything but like a leaf with your name. <laughs> we're going to need a little more uh, personal insights because yeah. I'm going to be tapped <laughs> for accounting excitement. I can make it a pencil if you want. I can make a really cool version of a spreadsheet that has your name across it. Um, yeah. And that'll be a letterhead. I, um, I don't know how really cool it would be if it was. <laughs> I'm thinking of a very austere, um, <laughs> like a like a serif font. Uh, definitely got to have serifs so that people know that you're an educated CPA. Um, but. <laughs> yes, exactly. So anyway, I, I, the, the theater is really um, amazing. I hadn't been there in the theater since you, you were a child and it used to be a movie theater for a while, right? So I've been writing the uh, <laughs> I've been writing your your um, press release for the event series, and uh -huh. I included a quote which I'm going to just have you review from the. I basically am writing a quote from you, and one of the things I mentioned was like that you remember taking your children there when it was still a movie theater. <laughs> Absolutely, like we we used to take yeah. and we used to walk down there. You remember doing that? Yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah, so like so, uh, me and me and you and AJ, we would just like walk down to the theater and watch something and walk home. I mean, it was like mm -hmm. what two blocks from the house. I was yeah, so was sad when they stopped far. showing movies there, and and it because of the legacy cinema happening. That um, I mean, because yeah. it was really awesome to just be able to, you know, kind of walk down the back alley, walk to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and that's um. There was a theater, there still is a theater in St. Louis, the High Point Theater, that is almost identically like set up on the inside to how the Ricks is. Oh, okay. And that's where I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I got to say, it was like the fa my favorite movie experience of all time. Because it was in one of those old theaters. The movie was about like old Hollywood. Like the theme of the film was perfect. The film was very good the there was like a bar in there so like i think i got i i literally had a cider from a can while i was sitting there watching the movie Nifty. and it reminded me of the ricks like i was like oh this is like when i was a kid well the cool thing about the ricks uh now is that since they're um we're putting together all these different events there that people from the neighborhood and everywhere can just walk up to a show you know like mm -hmm. uh, the the i think it's the ricks wheel theater company they just did uh the adams family and mm -hmm. they did like a christmas story at christmas time in there um so that i mean that's really cool right you know play local plays and um and having and then we're going to be doing this concert series there and there's been you know other variety shows and acts and things come uh through so so here's here, here's a thought for you uh and i'm just it's just now occurring to me that what you're talking about is a really good point and it also kind of says to me that like part of the rick's draw is that like 
local within walking distance residential, right? So it might be worth mentioning that y'all should do a mailing list. Like y'all should have like a physical, we mail you the ske- season schedule. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it takes a little more for planning to get everything together for that. And I was thinking about doing something along those lines for next year. Cause I'm trying to get, yeah. you know, I got to get ahead of the scheduling. It's, um, it's too tight to be yeah. able to do all the things that you want. But also like part of this year is trying to build it up so that we have, you know, people that have come and, and, you know, uh, put their name on the list to be notified and all of those things. So, um, yeah, for sure. That, so that's how you build, right? Like the first, the first season here, yeah. we're, we're doing what we're going to fly by the seat of our pants and do our best. And then hopefully we can help to inform people and, get the word out that people will go and watch a show there. And like, I know, I just know what's going to happen when you watch a show there and, and the, the great musicians that we're bringing in, <laughs> you know, the word of mouth will be great. Mm-hmm. Right. So we have to get enough people there, like by clawing and scratching or whatever it takes. Um, and then I think it really helps us in the second season because they'll be able to trust that. Oh, when we go to the national road music series, we're going to get this level of talent and things like that because, um, you know, it's not like we're going to bring in, you know, Trace Adkins or something, right? <laughs> it's not that big mm-hmm. a theater and it's not a, you know, uh, uh, to, to get that kind of thing in there. It's, it's, it's going to be, you know, it won't be cost effective, right? Cause those guys need a lot of money, right? So doing something that's an original series with, um, with the up and coming artists and with local artists, um, as long as they're, uh, curated, I think the problem is that people, you know, they see some local bands that play in bars and whatnot, and some of them are good and some of them are not. And it's kind of a hit or miss situation, right? So Mm -hmm. if we do this kind of a series and we put together, you know, some of the best artists that people haven't heard of, um, then they come in there and hear of them and it helps the artists. It helps the, you know, the community grows a little bit. They decide they like these things. I'm, that's what I'm excited about. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and the idea I mean, that, you know, like, you know as well as I, because you've been hanging out with me as I do music stuff. There are so many really, really good, you know, songwriters and things that have popped through in these smaller places in indie, and uh, whether they're actually from Indianapolis or they're passing through. Like, I have a lot of friends that are they're just really fabulous musicians, and it's like, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, they don't have to be uh, Taylor Swift or Drake. You know, <laughs> you can, you can actually mm-hmm. go see a concert that's, you know, under, under $25. That's yeah. got a lot of good acts at it. And, you know, uh, I love to go see the big acts just as much as anybody else, but the tickets are way more money. Like the minimum you're spending 50 yeah. or 75 to sit in the back in the lawn. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, if you want to sit up anywhere near and see the people, you're going to spend a couple hundred bucks at minimum. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. and so this is, you know, this is a small theater. Everybody will be able to see everything, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's actually pretty intimate, even though it's 350 seats. Um, it's still not that big. I mean, that's not big at all compared to like, you know, you go to, I mean, there are amphitheaters on Ball State's campus that are bigger than it. So, right. And you go to the, um, I mean, if you go to Deer Creek, the, the, you know, it seats 10,000 underneath the pavilion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and those are the good seats, right? The, the lawn seats, as we both know, you can't see a whole lot, really. <laughs> You're just there for the party. No, because it's just so far back. 
Yeah. And uh, you're there for the party and to, and to hear the music, you know, because you can hear. I mean, it's nice and loud, mm -hmm. but um, but the, uh, you know, I mean, uh, the, even uh, even seeing like what, um, sometimes they'll have like one of these shows where it's like Motley Crue and Poison or something, <laughs> you know, like the older bands. And they'll have like a, mm -hmm. a lawn ticket package. If you buy four of them, you can get them for a hundred bucks, right? That's the only way so, you get um, $25 tickets to those things anymore. <laughs> well, and quite frankly, like I saw Ed Sheeran at the lawn with, mm -hmm. with AJ and Quentin would not ever buy lawn seats to Ed Sheeran again. Cause it's just not <laughs> that kind of show. Ed Sheeran's set is far too intimate for that setting. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, he he plays like not, him with the, the looper pedal. Tour. He yeah. was the size of an ant. <laughs> like, right. It was like he was the size of an ant, and I was in what was equivalent of like a beer garden. <laughs> like, well, so have you it was seen just the stage like, that he's got deployed for the new tour. Like, it, it look, the screens are amazingly large. Like, I mean, yeah. but it makes sense, right? You know, a lot of the show he's going right. to be up there. Uh, he's using more instruments, so. Like, yeah. I think I think also sometimes he's been playing with with actual other band members, but his solo yeah. show with the looper now includes a keyboard as well. And so mm -hmm. like he's doing quite a few things, but they've got a lot of cameras and a lot of screens. Like so I, I yeah. saw like a video of it and I was like, oh, wow, that's just like this is so everybody yeah. can see because. Yeah. We see what he's doing. Well, And that's like. um. <laughs> With performances like like AJ and I also went to Taylor Swift's stadium tour, and there's a reason that she sells out stadiums like she does because that performance was just incredible on a logistical standpoint. Like it it fully was. It wasn't like oh she's singing really well. Yeah, sure she's performing really well. Um, but there's also like a laser light show and some like. Indy 500 Memorial Day Parade level like hydraulic systems going into here like, <laughs> like well so like like um, she's coming down from a bubble like, like it's like every day is the Super Bowl for her. So, so when, when um one of the first times I I mean I went to a lot of cool concerts when I was younger but one of them that was really awesome was Def Leppard it was probably my favorite uh, it's it's still probably my favorite show that I've been to and it wasn't even in a real the setting where they would normally have it they had it at the state fairgrounds mm -hmm. and that when they were touring in 87 and 88 it was, this was 88 when they were touring then they were doing this really cool in the round show in in arenas right mm -hmm. but this was outdoors at the state fairgrounds on the you know on the grandstand area right and they I still know what you're talking about yeah this was the first time I ever saw lasers like actual, mm -hmm. I mean, this is 1988. Lasers were not pervasive anywhere, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And they had a laser show. I mean, the show, first off, there was all kinds of crazy things that they were like mechanisms they were pulling out off of that stage. It was kind of really cool that they were popping all these things off. And um, they had this laser thing going on that was, you know, there's like a cover to the grandstand. Like a, there's mm -hmm. a roof over the grandstand, then there's the track and then there's the stage, right? So mm -hmm. the track's open to the air, but the, uh, the whole thing's outside, but the grandstand has a roof. Well, on the bottom of the roof, they had their laser light show, like drawing things on the bottom of mm -hmm. that roof, like the whole time. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it was like for each song, it had like a different like design. little skit that it was putting out. It wasn't even a design. Like it had like yeah. little 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 stick men and stuff that were doing whatever. It was mm-hmm. amazing. It was like it was so cool. And like yeah. they put a face up there in the laser lights mm-hmm. and like, you know. Well, that's the whole thing with Astro World, right? Like Travis Scott's tour is like yeah. it's like that too. It's like, oh, I'm really going to this like carnival where they're playing Travis Scott the whole time. Yeah. Like I mean, so, <laughs> so. like everyone was really blown away cuz that had, it was like completely groundbreaking. Like nobody was doing yeah. that. <laughs> you know. And and also we didn't have things like YouTube or whatever to go and see. You know what was happening? So it was like you're going in completely in the dark, really. Pretty pretty much. I mean, we had heard about it because like MTV had shown like, you know, you'd see like a 30 second whatever, but it doesn't land until you're there for two hours watching it. (laughs) Like the the whole the whole program. And um not only was it like good that way, but musically Def Leopard like was one of the tightest live bands that played that I've ever seen. (laughs) I mean, and I saw them again later with, uh, you know, I think you were there. Did you go? Yeah. We, we saw Def Leppard and Deer Creek, right? Like just a few years ago, but it was you, me, AJ and Joe. And it was like, Oh, they were doing something annoying. It was like, I think they were either about to graduate high school or just had, it was like, Oh, clapping right beside your ear. Oh, okay. That was what it was they, they didn't during the Def Leppard show. But yeah. No, because you were an adult who had <laughs> respect from them. Right. Um, they did not respect me, so they clapped I, as loud as they could right by my ear at least ten times during that I'm, Def I'm Leppard sorry concert. Sorry about that, Bailey. I apologize. You didn't do anything. I don't want to hear but it. I greatly loved that show. I mean, the the one in '88, the one later, it was good, uh, but the band was so great, and this was before their lead guitar player died. Obviously, mm-hmm. he died before you saw him. They had a, uh, a replacement for him, uh, <laughs> but um, the um, you know, the, and they were just they were so fabulous, and all of that shit was going on, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it, it was amazing from that perspective. And then there was another one that, like, when I saw Van Halen, um, every time they do something different, but they had a um, they had this stage at one point where it had uh, on the top of the stage, like it was built out of a bunch of that piping that like, you know, is like a, a, a scaffolding kind of thing. The whole stage mm-hmm. sides and things were built like that. And uh, they had like some that went off the top of it with all these ramps that were out over the crowd. And mm-hmm. so like Sammy Hagar would climb up a ladder while he was singing, like up onto the top of the stage at the Hoosier Dome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then he walks out on this scaffolding, like it's like walkways that they've built off of the stage that are over the crowd. And he's like walking out on that and singing. So like the people in the upper deck can see him better, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and then he would like jump on a rope and just like slide down the rope into the crowd mm-hmm. and like run back up to the stage through the aisles or whatever. <laughs> it was, it was insanity. I mean, I can't even imagine what the insurance is for Sammy Hagar to like jump on a freaking rope and slide down to the, <laughs> or to climb up that flimsy ladder to the roof, you know, to the roof of the place. But yeah, you know, I mean, uh, he was, uh, I mean, he like had it, a belayer. <laughs> like like there right. was like this whole thing going on with that too. I mean, and mm-hmm. there were so many lights. Like, I mean, they had the, uh, they obviously had the whole thing lit up so you could see what was happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
I mean, and then there's the accidental crazy show that I saw Van Halen on July 4th that one year where like ever they decided to schedule a Van Halen show on July 4th, like in mm-hmm. the 80s, which is really stupid. Um, yeah, because fireworks and yeah. the inability to keep them out of Market Square Arena as they are like literally throwing bottle rockets lit into the crowd. Like people are in the crowd lighting bottle rockets and tossing them and just (laughs) yeah, that's uh, (laughs) fucking dangerous bricks of firecrackers being set off inside, you know, the sometimes I hear things about the eighties and Uh I'm just like, yeah, you guys are the reason like (laughs) (laughs) we're the reason there's rules. Yeah. Bailey. Yeah. <laughs> My restricted life is because the eighties existed. Like the seventies and eighties, like, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> they, like, you in, know, what's really funny. The eighties we thought, well, there's a lot of these weird rules and then, you know, but then we were doing all kinds of other crazy shit that they started having to make rules against. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, um, <laughs> you know, it's really, really funny is like, um, I have a few friends who are uh, maybe like five, ten years older than me, and they have like they got a tail end taste of that world, and then uh, like a lot of the people like between your age and my age say things to me like, um, "Oh, I'm really lucky the internet wasn't really around when I was a kid because like I would have been canceled a long time ago." And I'm like, "You realize that like." y'all like the people in your generation who got caught are the reason cancel culture exists like yeah you're right y'all not all of y'all get got away with it like and that's why we have rules like yes there was no video camera in market square arena that night to catch who threw the fucking bottle rocket in the air but now we have steadier security checks at concerts uh, and you'll get we, your ass thrown at in jail if you bring a bottle rocket in that bitch. Well, I mean, let's not let's not preclude them, Bailey. There were there were plenty of people being thrown out. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So Monsters of Rock, which was Van Halen's big in '88, they did a stadium tour called Monsters of Rock, mm-hmm. and they um, they invited Kingdom Come. Uh, Dio, Metallica, mm-hmm. Scorpions, and Van Halen. That was the, the order they played in. Okay. Okay. So now I know you've definitely heard of Metallica, Scorpions, and Van Halen. D- yes. Have you heard of Dio? Yes, of course. Okay, but what about Kingdom Come? No, no they kind of died. Yeah. So they they were the um, they were the up and coming band that got lucky and thrown on that tour. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, they only. They, I think they let them play for about ten minutes. I don't know. It, 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 they were, they were, it was more than ten minutes, but it wasn't much longer than ten minutes. There's a um, there's a band who was like that on a concert, and I had their album on my phone for a really really long time because the guy opened his set with, "We're only going to be here for three songs. Uh, let's be honest, you don't know who we are." And I'll tell you our name at the end, just in case you like it. <laughs> <laughs> I dig that. So, yeah. um, anyway, that 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 at that show, since there were five bands, you know, it was a long day, right? But mm-hmm. um, I swear to God, I've never seen so many people thrown out of a, a of any venue in my life. Like mm-hmm. there were people, they were constantly every 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 set break because it was about thirty minutes in between each one, right? Uh-huh. There was like. 
there was a steady stream of people being dragged out of the aisles on the floor level and yep. <laughs> just out of the building, you know? I, I mean, I've worked concerts like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I mean, <laughs> so many naked women being dragged out as well. Like they just, you know, decided to shed all their clothing and that was, that was an instant toss. They would, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> and it was like one of the crowds got like like it was like at a heavier oh it was, i remember i was working post malone mm-hmm. and uh they were moshing because they wanted to i remember being on the upper vip deck where i usually worked when i was at the lawn and one of the women was like they're hurting each other down there stop them and i was like no yeah yeah i'm gonna stop them i'm gonna i an unarmed employee from i'm only one girl (laughs) i'm gonna walk into the middle of a mosh pit and ask them to stop no (laughs) stop (laughs) no Absolutely not. <laughs> this sounds like, you know, this is like the Dead and Company, right? We go to, yeah. to New Orleans, we're seeing the Dead and Company, and, you know, the, the place is filled with glaucoma victims. I mean, yeah. you know, since it's legal to have medical marijuana, um, I'm sure everyone there had a script for a glaucoma. Um, the the crazy thing is though that like you know there's no smoking signs everywhere in the because you know, they don't allow smoking in buildings anymore you know right so you know they have we're at this show this is like five years ago like we're at the show and everybody in there smoking weed like the entire place right fifty thousand people or whatever you know and 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 they're like they come on the loudspeaker before the first you know before the first uh um set starts right and they're like reminder there is no smoking in the blah blah blah, blah. and everybody just laughs you can hear like a collective laugh <laughs> <laughs> and like a like a, a weed giggle across the group like the whole stadium <laughs> So uh, it's like, did you guys really just tell them not to smoke? So they were like, <laughs> oh, we forgot funny. to turn that automation off. So uh, funny story. <laughs> I, I feel like I've told you this before, but I remember I was like 18. I had, I think I was still 17, actually. When I started at the lawn. No, I hadn't been 18. It was my senior year of high school. I went to like the orientation day and they're training us on like the procedure or whatever. And they're like, okay, we're going to break you off into individual teams so that you can get like trained right by your like staff leaders. And it was like two people, like it was technically my manager and my assistant manager, but they did not say a single practical thing about like, Hey, this is how the show is run. They just sat there and told us like, here's what we wish somebody had told us when we started the job. And it was like, don't take drugs from people. Watch out for people at the dead and co and fish shows, putting stickers on people. Like (laughs) if someone asks if they can hug you, I wouldn't recommend it. And it's like, thank you, buddy. 
It was like street smarts. It, like it was a street smart session. And I was just sitting there. I was like, you've not told me a single thing that is actually helpful. And then toward the end, they were like, if somebody puts a sticker on you, immediately go to medical. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And they go, and then you're going to wait for about 30 minutes. And uh, if you start to feel a high coming on, you're going to just stay in medical for the rest of the night. And I was like, that would be the worst acid trip ever. It's like, <laughs> I am at work and now I'm not allowed to even like go home and chill out. I have to like stay in a medical bay because someone else drugged me. <laughs> like, that sucks. <laughs> that sounds awful. That's, that's I, I, you know, first yeah. off, I don't care if you take drugs. Don't drug others. That's bullshit. Well, I was like, what a waste of drugs to just right. like yeah. ridicule I mean, an employee. Like, don't do that. Who does that? Right. Nobody like, does yeah. that. I was like, you saw that happen one time and the guy was already very high. Like, there's no way. <laughs> he was very high and he was kind of a douche, obviously. Yeah. Clearly, clearly the two combined and, and, and he and, was and, like, and he thought I it was don't gonna, care. And it wasn't like a, a young, you know, girl that was working there. It was some 85-year-old dick that was giving yeah. them shit. It was clearly <laughs> like they they were like, oh, this guy needs a good time. Like, right. he, clearly yeah. he's got to stick up his ass. I mean, Maybe we all we'll... know those ushers exist at the places. They're yes. like they're yes, like they 70 years old, and they have some kind of a grudge against everybody they're trying to have fun. It's, yeah. like, really funny sometimes that, like, even wearing the uniform in certain sections, like, people think that you're there to be a buzzkill. Like, they just assume everyone's security. <laughs> right. And so it was, like, I remember one time um, I was, like, it was maybe my first season, and it was at a Jimmy Buffett concert. And I was told to, like, guard the end cap, and basically my entire job was, like, Hey, tell people they have to go the long way. They can't like hop into the VIP section to get out faster. Like it's a safety hazard to hop the rail because it's like a metal rail with a step. So it's like, I, I hear you, but that didn't yeah. really stop them if they want to go. No, exactly. So and it was especially because my job was also to just like let people in and out of the section. So I had my back turned to it most of the time, but every now and again, I'd pop around and I'd see like the same five people hopping over and i repeated i think i said it maybe three times like hey guys at least be more slick if you're gonna do it like come on <laughs> and then this guy who like clearly i think he after the fact his wife said something to the effect of he had kidney dies in dialysis a few weeks ago but this guy who had like one of those like hard beer bellies mm -hmm. and clearly had some mobility issues I like turned around and he was stuck between the rails. Like he had tried to crawl through and his stomach was like caught. So he couldn't like slide through because it was like his stomach wasn't, it wasn't like spongy or malleable. It was like a hard stomach. And I ended up having to be like, you need to get pulled back through the other way and go the long way. Cause you're not going to be able to crawl through it. Like that's not going to happen. Like I might have to get, an actual security guard out here to help you <laughs> and he started like swearing at me i was like i'm not the one who put you there i actively said don't do that that's not my business and i was like and then he was like it's just such a long way around and it, you know what i have to ask all those people to move and i was like 
buddy, we're right beside a empty handicap section. And all you had to do was ask somebody to help you get into it. And you would have been able to sit in the handicap section where there is nobody. But you didn't. <laughs> so here we are. Exactly. I remember, you know, going back to the drug thing. Um, <laughs> I worked with Khalifa and Snoop Dogg when they toured together. Oh, I bet everybody was sober in there. Well, I remember the when, <laughs> we had a we had an all staff meeting before, right? Like they like sat down the whole staff that was working that night, and the head of security came out, and he was like, ah, "I know we all did the drug intervention training at the start of the season, uh, but I'm going to let you know that uh, aside from gate security, just pulling what large items are clearly not allowed in." We are not regulating marijuana tonight. Obviously. <laughs> he goes, it's a waste of time and resources. It's going to be unmanageable to do that. And everybody is bringing it in. Like not, not most people, not some people, everybody in this crowd is bringing it in. So if you see someone smoking weed, don't, say anything to them don't call a security guard over if they're doing something that actually merits security then call us <laughs> and i remember maybe like the the opener hadn't even come on yet <laughs> like, like like the guy who was opening for snoop and whiz was not even on stage yet and this guy walks up to me and he is holding like a fucking it's like the size of a cigar but it is clearly a blunt like it's like Right, so he's taken it's, the tobacco out and filled it up with weed. No, it's not like a pre-roll. It's not like a Swisher Sweet. It's, he took two Swisher Sweets, cut them in half, <laughs> rolled a massive, like, fucking Monte Cristo-sized cigar blunt, and that is what he brought, okay? okay. He rolled that fucker up. He brought <laughs> that size to the of your microphone. He walked. <laughs> he walked up to me with it. And I'm looking at him like, I'm like uh, preparing to turn him down, right? Because I'm like, no, I'm not going to. And then he goes, do you mind if I smoke this in here? <laughs> I was like, I think I looked at him and I said, I don't think it's any of my business whether or not you smoke that in here. <laughs> And he goes, okay, cool. I just want to make sure. It, I'm just excited. I've never been able to make it to a Snoop show before. And it's been my first time. I'm almost 50. And I was like, good for you, man. Enjoy. Have a good night. Like you're prepped. And I proceeded to watch him smoke that whole thing by himself. Damn, he didn't even share? That's not nice. No, I mean, I'm sure he offered, but like he didn't have anyone with him. Everyone else was <laughs> terrified of it. <laughs> It was like again, it was the size of a cigar, like it was big. Um, and then of course, after he finished, it was like he took a little bit of a break, uh, drank some Gatorade, and then went at it with his other pre rolls. I was like, Yeah, you got to space those out, buddy. Jesus, don't want to blow, <laughs> don't want to blow that much smoke all at once. I'm, you know, wow, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's that, this sounds much like the crowd at the Dead and Company. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, in fairness, the, uh, I mean, the, the cool thing about the people at the Dead and Company for for reals, they're all like the nicest folks. 
Yeah. Like. And the same with like the Snoop crowd. Like that was the other thing they said. They were like, listen, during Snoop Dogg, we're not expecting any gruff. Like they just want to chill out, smoke some weed, listen to Snoop Dogg. Like, so like, yeah, honestly, the rowdiest crowd I've ever seen for like violence was a Travis Tritt show that I went to in Nashville in like 95. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And there were probably 50 bare knuckle fist fights in the in the um lawn at starwood amphitheater mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean like the, the they had spotlights that pointed toward the lawn at starwood mm. amphitheater so okay, that they could so spotlight could see it they would spotlight where the fight was so that the security could come Go find it Right, but it kind of <laughs> yeah. just looked like a cage match. I assume it did, as people started to scatter <laughs> whenever one would start because they didn't want to get dragged into it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And um, I, <laughs> I, I, I was like, "What is going on? This is like, <laughs> this is like a country show. <laughs> like, <laughs> why, why are you, you so fighting? What are you fighting about? Like, <laughs> you know, I honestly." First off, these are either about drinking beer and having fun or some sad love story. Like, what what got you all hyped? <laughs> Whose girl did you kiss? Like, what's going on up there? <laughs> yeah, I would say I don't like I haven't ever been to a particularly violent show. Like, I mean, like the show where it poured down like rain and was like thundering and lightning during Slipknot and everybody like flooded the pavilion. And then we had to get all of the people to go back to the lawn. Um, Mm -hmm. That sucked, but it was just a logistical nightmare for the most part. Like everybody was kind of upset and wet. I was was at REO Speedwagon once um, at Deer Creek and we were seated in like the fourth row center, like the center section, right? We were literally in like the fourth row. So we're really under the pavilion, right? And yeah. they always play like riding the storm out last. And this night it was totally for like yeah. effect. Like the, the God decided to provide some special effects for the show. And the thunderstorm comes mm-hmm. rolling through about like literally they're like chatting about, hey, this is going to be our last, you know, like they're cut. They've come back out from their, uh, encore for the encore right Mm -hmm. and and they've played already like two more songs they're like this is gonna be our last one for the night you know and and like you hear like a crack and they're like and it's apropos you know like or something like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then Mm -hmm. this this rainstorm hits bailey i swear to god it was a damn deluge it was one of those ones where like buckets of rainfall you know and Mm -hmm. they start playing that thing and the 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 uh the lawn just starts emptying like down as where to wherever it can empty to, which I mm-hmm. mean, there was no place to hide from that rain. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. we could feel the rain hit us in the fourth row center. Like I could feel yeah. wetness specks of water hitting me, you know, like that's, that's <laughs> how like, it's fucking wet out there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> You can see it just draining off the sides of the pavilion. Like, you can't even really see yeah. through it. It's raining so hard, you know? Yeah. You know, <laughs> the weirdest part about storms like that after the show is up, it's like this store, like it might still be raining when we're tearing down and they'll turn all the like floodlights of the pavilion on so that you can tear down. And the first thing that the crew does is they lift off those grates for where all, like there's these channels where the XLRs go through the audience 
Uh-huh. And so it's like miles and miles of XLR cable in a canal of water. Oh. Like, yeah, it's like a, a bundle of XLRs as thick as my arm strapped to each other. And like, they're in this like basin of water. Like both ends oh. are dry enough, but like the cord is wet. Right. Well, um, so. do you remember we went to the Toby Keith and it rained and you guys were sliding down on rain slickers? Down the down the yeah, lawn. I remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. The thing about being a child is sometimes mess is inevitable, and uh, you might as well find joy in it. I mean, we were getting rained on, so whatever. <laughs> there was going to be mud. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember, like, I also it was kind of a messy child. I remember being at the. Is <laughs> a weird tactile memory. I remember being at the Riley Day parade. And I was a child and I was like in my dress era, like I was wearing a new dress. And I remember sitting down on the grass and mom was like upset with me. She was like, you're going to ruin your new dress. And I was like, well, we're at a parade and this is the grass. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you didn't. It have is what it is. Okay. So. Hey, it's okay. <laughs> ah, well. You know, um, I did watch one episode this week. Okay, let's talk so, about it. it. It's called Scene in a Mall. And um, it's episode... Yes, 15. I remember them all. And, mm-hmm. uh, like, I, I guess my favorite part of this episode, there's, I guess I have two separate favorite parts, but my very favorite part is Kirk in this episode. Um, his His role in this episode throughout... I think is just to make us really laugh hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, he first comes on into Kirk's uh, into Luke's at the start and he's got a big bag and, and uh, Luke asks him what's with the, uh, you know, what's with the purse. And he's like, mm-hmm. it's not a purse. And then he says, okay, what's with the gay bag? <laughs> <You've got> <laughs> <laughs> he, he's like you know he, he starts you know trying to defend it with a bunch of crap you know and he sits down and then luke says what he, he lorelei comes in and she's like sitting at the counter and she's plugged a phone line into the quote-unquote fax mm-hmm. line that he got which like she made him buy a fax line because she wanted to be able to plug in the internet <laughs> to, to, to use yeah. dial up <laughs> right it's like she she coerced him into having a phone there. That's what right. she did. Yeah, and, and he's like, and I don't I still don't have a fax machine because I'm not going to take fax orders, you know. And she's got this wire strung across doing dial-up internet, which I'm like, wow, that was a long time ago when we used to do. That. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But um, but then he's like, in the middle of being, you know, giving her crap, he like, it's he's like, wait, something does just dawned on me, <laughs> and he, he walks over. <laughs> He walks over and he says, do you have a dog in that bag, Kirk? And he says, no, mm-hmm. I don't. All right, then. What are you going to order? Well, I want some oatmeal and a pound of raw hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> and a pound of raw hamburger. And he, he looks at him and he says, okay, just the oatmeal, then. Mm. <laughs> he, he wants a pound of raw hamburger. <laughs> I lost no. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And so, like, throughout this episode, we keep seeing Kirk because he's just taking on, like, watching dogs. He's, like, a dog walker duty. Yeah. Right. Oh, my God. And he has, like, so many dogs. Because he's, like, he's dog walking every dog in Stars Hollow, basically. (laughs) And he's, like, gotten to the point where he's, like, letting one of them off the leash and playing hide and seek. (laughs) <laughs> right. so that the dogs can like practice their sniffing like their hunter's nose <laughs> the look here's my thing it's not even how kirk is like basically acting as if he's one of the dogs like he's like kneeling down and he's so excited when the dog finds him it cuts to the dog and the dog looks so proud of himself for finding them <laughs> it's like trotting across the street I know it's so funny and cute, but then he's like, "Let's celebrate!" Mm-hmm. and all the dogs start jumping. And Luke looks at him like, <laughs> "Oh my god, I gotta get as far away from this fucker as possible!" Like, <laughs> those things where I think at one point somebody's like, "Wow, Kirk finally found like his calling," <laughs> and, then, and then later the on, in the episode. he. He's putting up a sign because, and he's carrying around a dog. And you're like, well, maybe he lost one of them. No, no, one he, of has the owners, he has an extra. He has an extra. He's got an extra. No one picked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, whose dog is this? <laughs> I think he picked up a stray along the way. I, I think so too. I, I was like, "There's that can't be someone's dog." Like, yeah, someone would have came to pick up their dog. You've 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 now taken in a stray, Kirk. That's what happens. Yeah. Um. But I, I that just I mean, I, uh, so I was I was like, the thing is, Kirk's thing has nothing really at all to do with any of the storyline throughout the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's completely in there for fun. It is. It's very it's funny. Very fun. Like, um so um then we um the so the 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 main storylines uh in the show are that uh Lorelai and Rory uh, since they haven't been able to connect lately and of course that was the previous episode where they were you know mm-hmm. kind of down in the dumps because they hadn't been able to hang out they decided to both play hooky from school and work and go window shopping because neither one of them have any money <laughs> right and they're window Um, shopping and they've finally figured out that uh window shopping isn't fun (laughs) when you don't have any money window shopping sucks and the the funny thing is we'd had like a little thing because emily at friday dinner rory didn't come because she had been feeling sick and emily was uh ripping into somebody on the phone trying to get a dinner reservation because the new maid had burnt the food and Mm -hmm. richard said why don't we go to this one place because we ran into Moby there, you know, the bald-headed singer. He's mm-hmm. really good. Jason played it for me on the way back, you know. And mm-hmm. so um, Emily was like, you know, you could tell she was really annoyed that he had been out to dinner with Jason instead of doing something with her. And mm-hmm. so when they go window shopping, they run into Emily, right? Yes. And Emily's basically having a breakdown where she is just buying everything that's possible to buy. <laughs> She's like spite shopping. Because, well, so the the core of this is actually that in the midst of her being kind of upset because she feels ignored by Richard, um, Richard says something to the effect of, oh, well, no need to worry about that. I'm sure you'll just do some frivolous spending and then it'll be over with. Right. right? Like he specifically like makes a dig at her money habits. 
And she's like, oh, well, if he wants somebody who's spending money frivolously, then just you wait. I can totally do that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> so she, I mean, I, I love when she walks into the store and like, we've got these beautiful 1874 crystals or some shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like came in. crystal yeah. apples. Wrap them up. Send them to the house. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> like, uh, well, and it's she's doing this like gluttonous thing. And finally, Lorelai and Rory are like noticing that it's getting worse. Right. Like it's spiraling <laughs> and spiraling. She's like yeah. just handing them random things. She's like, you need a hat. And it's like <laughs> one of those like Queen Elizabeth hats. And, and she's then like, I like, don't. The first hat she was like, "Ooh, I actually like this one. Don't don't give in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no. You know, and um, so eventually Lorelai's like confronts her and Emily like fully screams like she has a fit. And she talks about everything, that, everything she's upset about, about basically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and then I like that she, she's like, come on, let's go get some lunch. And they take her to the food court. And though she's been to the mall many times, she's never experienced the food court. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and of course, experiencing the food court with Lorelai and Rory is different from experiencing the food court for regular people because, because they eat at every single you place. and I would just go to one place and order what we wanted, where they go and order from every place and then and put then it all share. on the table yeah. and like split it up, <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> ooh, this is Orange Julius, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had this before. I met the gentleman that runs this once. If I run into him again, I can tell him I actually like his product. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and Emily, like, you know, her big thing is she completely and utterly hates his mustache. Like, so everything comes back to his mustache that he's growing, that Richard's growing. And I love the, um, th this, there's actually one line I wrote down in my notes that I thought was funny when they come to the food court they start to sit down and she's like, the table and chairs are made of plastic. And <laughs> Rory says, plastic is a vital part of our future and brave tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> when she like, said that, I was like, wow, this is the <laughs> early 2000s. <laughs> but I also love that she was trying to sell it, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, she like went into salesman mode for the plastic. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But uh, all the time while we're doing all of that, uh, well, first off, when Laura Lai earlier left the diner, uh, this is something I left out. Luke like, hands Luke's, her a check. Luke slipped her a check for the 30 grand that she needed. And yeah. that moment was just like awesome. Like, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. because he's like, no, you don't need to worry about payment schedules. And she's like, but I want to do this and I have to. And, and, and she writes down some stuff on a napkin. He's like, that's too much. That's too much. Okay. You can do that. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> and basically he's like, just don't worry about any of that. Like I, this isn't a business loan. This is, we are friends and I am helping you. So, yeah. And I'm helping you to the point where I don't care if I ever get it back. <laughs> right. Like that's, that's where he was. Right. Yeah. And, and that to me was like this right here, Lorelai, you should know that this is love right mm -hmm. here. This, mm -hmm. <laughs> he doesn't care like about any of that. It's like your family and he's mm -hmm. taking care of you, <laughs> Yeah, you know, which is the way that your family should take care of you, but aren't <laughs> right. 
because you know there'd be all sorts of conditions around anything if they gave her money, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Except for if you go on a shopping spree with them, because then Emily will just hand it out. And that's why I was like, look at this. Yeah. Emily like always has these preconditions about her money, but today she just wants to give anybody anything because it's about her. <laughs> well, and it's honestly, it's yeah. like she has fewer preconditions if you do not expect there to be preconditions, right? Like, yeah, I mean, if Lorelai kind of is like, oh, okay, well, what's it going to cost me? It, like, is how she right, goes into it because it's it is going to cost her something because that's the way it always works with her for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, all of that was interesting. And then the, 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 the counterpoint of the whole storyline is to take on Lane mm -hmm. who like, you've got all the glutton and the excess and everything with Emily. And the other storyline in this is around Lane who is thrilled to get her first apartment. She's moving in with like her bandmates, mm -hmm. you know, she got a piece of mail and she goes crazy because it's mm -hmm. like a Chinese menu from like local Chinese restaurant. Or I got my yeah. first mail. And she's like, and Roy's like, frame it. <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> and, and, uh, and she gets, you know, I mean like they, they don't have any dishes or any of that. And she starts freaking out a little bit. And, and then they're like, they save a shelf for her. And she's like, Oh guys, we're going to make this work. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, well, because she's like walks into Zach and Brian having an argument about their stuff touching each other's side. And she's like, right. there's a second shelf. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> and like, well, that's for your stuff, Lane. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you're going to need a shelf. You know, I was like, these guys, you know, so like, I, I love that whole thing because it was such a dichotomy between the haves and the have nots that mm -hmm. they just brought in, in a really, you know, I mean, not so subtle way, but kind of a subtle way, right? Because mm -hmm. you know these characters a lot by this fourth season, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I really loved that. And, and then, um, of course, we get to the point, there's, there was one other thing that happened during it in the middle of there when Rory and Lorelai met up before they went shopping. They ran into Dean because he was working at the inn. And mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Lindsay comes in with lunch every day apparently <laughs> and and so Lindsay brings him lunch at work every day and she said uh Lorelai sa says to Rory yeah it happens every day uh she uh brought in prenup burl yesterday and someone had to be taking out <laughs> taken to the hospital taken to the hospital <laughs> and I was like so she's not a good cook <laughs> I'm trying to figure out by the way does Lindsay have a job no, she's like a housewife. Why? <laughs> her mom's teaching her to cook. So, yeah. It, they are too broke to not have a dual income household. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, so broke. Are you? And then he's down at the arcade in the evenings because her and her mom are you know, taking over the Annoying. house. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so that, you know, so we get to see a little sidelight of Dean cause that these are seeds being planted for later, obviously. And um, you know, this is also a really good, um, lesson learned about you should live with your partner before marrying them. Like you should maybe, maybe know who you're living with before you decide to make it like a forever legally binding thing. <laughs> 
Well, you know, those sorts of things are sometimes challenging for some folks. Okay. Also, maybe don't marry somebody when you're in love with someone else. That's the yeah. real the real story there, I think. Yeah, maybe be honest with yourself, you know? Maybe right. maybe maybe don't get married, Dean. <laughs> True. That's what I'm saying. Also, yeah. side note, um part of me kind of feels like Rory should have gone to the wedding so that Dean wouldn't have gone through with it. But Yeah. Well, but that was wise. more like Luke protecting Rory from getting back into that mess then. I think that Luke made a really good call. Nope. <laughs> because the thing is Rory like shouldn't have had that relationship go longer any anyway. Like it wasn't no. you know. So Yeah. Um anyway, uh so that's all of that. I guess we're done with the family rabble for today. We can uh, see you, everybody next week. I, I, I honestly, I'm going to watch more of them this week. The I'm pretty week sure the next good. episode has one of my favorite Mrs. Kim lines ever. Oh yeah. Oh, Mrs. Kim in this, when she was moving out, I kind of like that part. Um, oh, Mrs. Kim, it, w w her it, cousin, Christine is there and like, she's totally quiet and they get upstairs and sh the door shuts and she just yeah. starts yapping away for like, yeah, you know, yeah. like, listen, kid, I know you need a mentor, but I'm not, not going to be that person. Today <laughs> is too hard of a day. And I just need you to shut up and carry boxes. <laughs> yeah. And then um, they get downstairs and Mrs. Kim, the look on her face as she's going to move out. I mean, she was really sad. She did yeah. not. She she was trying to play all this tough guy routine with you got to move. And then mm -hmm. when it, it when it came for real time, she's really not, you know, like, she's like it, oh, she really I hate is that moving I out. Punished myself and you. Yeah, you know, um, but you um, know, we, get to, we get to see the really good side of Mrs. Kim soon. So that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're looking forward to that. Yep, we're looking forward to more, and we will be back next week. Love you, Bailey. Love you, Dad. Thank you for being a part of the Family Rabble podcast with Joe Shelton and Bailey Shelton. Join us next time for more fun episodes.